1: With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. The showdown over a Border Wall continues. Correspondent Greg Clugston has more. There are no talks scheduled between the White House and Democrats as the partial government shutdown enters its fourth week. The two sides are engaged in an all-out fight over a border wall that the president says is necessary for national security. Even though government workers missed their paychecks on Friday, Congress left for the weekend leaving President Trump here at the White House blaming Democrats for the stalemate. Greg Clexton, the White House.
2: Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says that an ongoing boycott of Qatar by four of America's allies in the Middle East has dragged on too long, though America's top diplomat gave no sign of any coming breakthrough in the dispute. Pompeo also said Sunday he signed
1: a memorandum of understanding with Qatar. Regarding the expansion and renovation of the Udall-Aldaid Air Base, this is SRN News.
3: Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains the new Democrat Party. This is not the Democrat Party of your parents or your
0: grandparents. If you look at the, the quote-unquote, bright new faces, Democrats of prior years, the likes of John F. Kennedy, for example,
4: would not be allowed into this party.
3: America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
5: Another hour left here of the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network on the Twin Cities home for Intelligent Radio. We are the Patriot. Good afternoon. Glad to have you joining us. We're proud to welcome Sebastian Gorka to the Salem Media family and the Patriot Airwaves. His show, America First, airs every single weekday afternoon, 2 to 5 p.m. right here on the Patriot. Looking at your forecast, we're hovering in the mid-30s down to 27 overnight for Monday. More clouds. Mid to upper 30s, the sun returns for Tuesday.
1: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
6: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2,
3: 1. We have the The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. I used to be a AM 1280 The Patriot. I used to fool. It is the Northern
2: Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, hour number two of our show today. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. At and we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And also, feel free to look us up on Facebook. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give our page a like if you have not done so already. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Covered a lot of national topics in the first hour, so I do want to get to some of the local news. And of course, this uh, past week, the new uh, government, our new government, was sworn in in uh, Saint Paul. Obviously, the governor's office and all the constitutional offices. Sworn in and the new uh, Minnesota House, which is now controlled by the DFL, which means the uh, Republicans, right as of right now, have a very scant two-seat majority in the Senate. I say two-seat because Senate District 11 is now vacant, thanks to uh, Senator Tony Lurie joining the Tim Walz administration. There is going to be a special election uh, for that seat coming up, I believe, in early February, so just a few weeks, I believe February 5th. Is a special election date for Senate District Eleven. Uh, Jason Rarick is the is a House member in one of those House districts in SD Eleven. He is the Republican endorsed candidate for that seat, and he will be opposed by, I believe, it's uh, a relative of Senator Lori's. I, I don't, I, I think it's his son, perhaps. Not one hundred percent sure, but uh, Jason Rarick has been endorsed by the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. So, given what the DFL has in store for this session, yeah, that carries a lot of weight with me. So we're hold let's um uh John, you want to see if we can get Jason Rarick on the show here real soon. No, that's not your job. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm working on it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. John's like, what? <laughs> what? I'm just here filling in, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We will we will work on getting Representative Rarick in here and hopefully he can be Senator Rarick. And I'll tell you that's huge. Because if he if we get a Republican to that seat, all of a sudden they have a three seat advantage in the Senate, which means you can afford one Republican holdout on some of these gun bills that are inevitably going to come across. And as new incoming House Speaker Melissa Hortman has said, as well as the Majority Leader, uh, the deplorable Ryan Winkler, that's going to be their top priority this session is these gun control bills. I will read from a uh, Pioneer Press story. Uh, Hours after being sworn in as Minnesota's 41st Governor, Tim Walz reiterated his support for a pair of gun control bills favored by Democratic lawmakers. At a news conference before a reception in the Capitol Rotunda celebrating his inauguration, Waltz said smart gun laws can protect people from violence without infringing on Second Amendment rights. Uh, yeah, smart gun laws can. The gun laws you all are proposing can't. Okay, let's let's draw that distinction right now. Uh, these Those are not mutually exclusive goals, the new Democratic governor said. And again, we agree, but you don't seem to take the input of those who actually are well-versed in these particular issues, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, The legislature reconvened at noon Tuesday, and advocates on both sides of the gun issue are expected to make their presence felt in St. Paul. Democrats have said they plan to quickly reintroduce measures that failed to get traction last year, increase background checks and so-called red flag laws that allow police to take guns from people deemed dangerous. Now, that's the particular one that really has me concerned is these red flag laws. Because, it, it, well, what it's, what it's saying here is that it allows police to take guns from people deemed dangerous. Well, where's the due process? Those who are accused of being dangerous and you're going to basically take away their right to own a firearm, where's the due process in that? I mean, if you're going to take somebody, away somebody's constitutional right, Shouldn't there be some sort of hearing where they get to speak in their own defense? That's what due process is, and yet these red flag laws don't show any indication of that. And as my friend and colleague Mitch Berg has said on several occasions, there are already, there are already gun grabber advocates who are basically taunting the pro-gun crowd, because they think, you know, these these uh, gun grabbers believe that they have a significant advantage in the legislature and they'll be able to flip one or two Republicans in the Senate, no problem, and get these laws passed. You get some of these kooks on the uh, gun grabber side who are already basically threatening to put forth bogus claims in, against gun owners in order to have their firearms taken away. All right? Now, again, I'm not saying that that represents the mainstream of the gun control lobby, but I'm just saying that there are some kooks out there that are willing to take advantage of the of these laws if, if they should pass. And folks, I can't emphasize it enough. Go to gunowners.mn and fi- get on their email list, find out what you can do, where you can go to get in the fight, because I uh, they have a podcast. Our own uh, Mitch Berg hosts a podcast with uh, Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Chair Brian Strausser and Minnesota Gun Owners Political Director, Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Political Director Rob Dor And it's a fantastic podcast. You need to listen to it. You need to check in with it. I'll, In fact, I'll find a... Uh, Johnny, do you know the link to that by chance? If not, I'm, I'm sure Mitch is linked I'll to I'll find it quick here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I thought maybe it... Well, just go to gunowners.mn. I'm sure they will link to it there. And... Like I say get signed up on their email list donate become a uh, defender of the Second Amendment okay and what that entails is a standing monthly donation it could be five bucks they'll they will accept it with unbelievable gratitude and I myself have got i I am a second amendment defender where I have a monthly uh donation withdrawn from my checking account to ensure that guys like Brian and Rob are out there uh, Looking out for us. And Rob is at the Capitol every day. He's posting videos on Facebook. He has the – sometimes he gets copies of the legislation being proposed and goes immediately to his phone and reads it for the first time right to all of the viewers at the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus Facebook page and gives you insight on what's going on and what they're trying to accomplish. So you really need to get in the fight. And by the way, the Gun Owners Lobby Day is Thursday. January 24th at the Minnesota State Capitol starts at 9 a.m. I've already taken the day off work. I'm going there. And, uh, John, you're also going to be putting up with me on Thursday, January 24th, because I'm coming in on AM 980, the
5: mission, too. So, uh. oh, Another guest hosting. Yeah, nice. yeah. Nice, another appearance.
2: So, I mean, I'll, I'll have some <laughs> fodder, no doubt, to oh, talk absolutely. a little bit about uh, my day at the uh, at the Capitol. So I've already taken the day off work, folks. I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm just emphasizing this to you that I have a day job that I have to take vacation a vacation day in order to be there because it's that important to me and again i what my commitment pales in comparison to what someone like rob door does who basically lives down at the capitol during legislative sessions all right and rob has a wife and two kids all right so he's making a heck of a commitment you can do that too go to gunowners.mn so uh to kind of continue reading uh from this pioneer press story uh republicans have largely opposed both ideas you know, the red flag laws and uh, increased background checks, saying they will degrade gun owners' rights. They've argued better enforcement of existing laws and improved mental health services would do more to prevent mass shootings and other gun-related tragedies. Well, we only need to look at, the, at the, some of the most high-profile mass shootings that have taken place. I mean, we talked in the first hour about Stoneman Douglas High School. We, we talked about it in the first hour had the resource officer who was on site engaged the shooter, okay, and done his job, there would have been less atrocities. There's been an FBI study that has shown if professional violence is used against a spree killer, all right, typically they are going into a situation prepared to commit mass atrocities knowing that they're going to largely be unobstructed. And if at any point they face any kind of resistance, whether someone just throws a baseball at them, they might, the chance. good chances are they're going to flee and ultimately take their own lives. We saw it in Sutherland Springs, Texas, the church shooting, where a gentleman who happened to be a member of the NRA grabbed his firearm, went to the church, engaged the shooter. The shooter eventually fled and ended up taking his own life. Now, unfortunately, there was, I think, more than 20 people killed in that church. Okay? But how many more could it have been? Had the shooter not been engaged, okay? So this is what we're talking about here. If current laws are all would be just implemented, a lot of the stuff could be prevented. Sutherland Springs, you know, I just alluded to that one. The the uh, the gunman who committed these atrocities at this church should not have had a firearm because while he was in the military, he was convicted of domestic abuse. And therefore, that was to have been logged in his record. Had it been logged in in his record and they did a background check on him, they would have seen he would have not been eligible to purchase a firearm. But guess what? That conviction was never recorded. So now we're supposed to make more laws? People are already not doing their job under these current laws, and yet more laws are supposed to help this? Had that background check been properly updated, all right, he wouldn't have been able to... uh, purchase that firearm and therefore not commit that killing. But yet we're supposed to punish law abiding citizens. That just, that just doesn't make any sense. So I, I appreciate the uh, conciliaria looking this up for me. Uh, yeah. Mngunreport.com. Perfect. Mngunreport.com. That's where, uh, Mitch Berg, Rob door and Brian Strausser will be putting together their, uh, gun report, uh, their, uh, gun report podcasts. Uh, Folks, stay up on it. That's a chock full of fantastic information that you're going to want to check into. And you could subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, as well. Again, just go to mngunreport.com. That has everything you need. Appreciate that, John. Thanks for looking that up. Uh, and it's that important. That's that, It's that important. So I'm here to uh, promote the gun rally at the Capitol, uh, Gun Owners Lobby Day, Thursday, January 24th. From 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And uh, kudos to uh, listener Wild Wilson, who also sent a direct message to our uh, Facebook page, uh, giving me the heads up on that. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Wild is always checking in uh, every week, sending us uh, direct messages. So we, uh, we definitely appreciate him for that. But the Democrats are going to go all out. And Brian Strausser said on this last podcast that they are backed by a lot more money this time around than they were before. And remember, when they were trying to get gun gun control laws passed in 2013 and 2014, when they had complete control of state government, you know, governor's office, House, and Senate, they couldn't get anything through, okay, because you had a lot of rural DFLers who were representing very pro-gun districts. Well, guess what? A lot of those rural DFLers, outstate DFLers, they were defeated by Republicans in 2014 and 2016, okay? So while you may say, well, we've... We've done better under worse circumstances. Well, the dynamics are a little different now because in the Senate, you've got some Republicans in these first ring suburbs who, eh, you know, not as a strong Second Amendment supporters or advocates anyways. So it's, it's there when the DFL governor and the DFL majority in the House say that this is their top priority. Yeah, you better believe them. Because they came with a full court press in 2013 and 2014 and thankfully uh, didn't get anything through. So I uh, definitely look forward to this. And like I say, we're hopeful to get uh, Senate District 11 Republican candidate Jason Rarick on the show uh, before the February 5th special election. Because, again, Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus endorsed. Uh, that's everything I need to hear. So I uh, just getting started, folks. Week one is already in the books at the Minnesota State Legislature, so uh, get your popcorn. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
1: I've been thinking about a love situation. All this attraction in the present. I've reached the only logical conclusion. Love ain't. To make sense
4: This ain't no thinking thing Right brain, brain it goes a little deeper
3: Mauer Chevrolet presents the 49th Annual Minnesota Sportsman Show January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center. Here's what you'll see at the show. Get early boat show pricing on the most sought-after fishing boats, pontoons, runabouts, personal watercraft, and docks and lifts. Get early RV show pricing on RVs, campers, trailers, and more. Reserve the best vacation dates now with hundreds of hunting and fishing resorts so you can plan your vacation right at the show. See the latest in outdoor electronics from the experts at Reed's, custom fishing rods, reels, and discount tackle. Check out Steve Porter's live white tail deer display, including Heart Attack, a 32-point monster buck. Enjoy great family fun, including the Great Lakes Timber Show, Ron Shera's kids' fishing clinics, and live wolves, cougars, and other wildlife. Take in fishing seminars with experts Ted Takasaki, and Tom Henry. For $2 discount coupons and show info, visit Show.com. Bring the whole family to the Sportsman Show, January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center, a Sonenko
7: production. Attention, this is a special announcement to Americans struggling with $10,000 or more in credit card debt, personal loans, collection accounts, or medical bills. Call National Debt Relief right now to see if you qualify for the Debt Reset Program. With this program, your debt balance and monthly payments may be reduced while you become debt-free in just 24 to 48 months. Avoid decades of painful minimum credit card payments and the serious consequences of bankruptcy. National Debt Relief has already helped more than 100 Thousand Americans become debt free is A plus rated with the Better Business Bureau and has received more than thirty thousand five star reviews. Call National Debt Relief now to speak to a certified debt relief specialist to see if you qualify for the debt reset program. There are no upfront costs and they don't earn a penny until your debt is successfully resolved. Call eight hundred six four three twenty seven forty seven eight hundred six four three twenty seven forty seven That's eight hundred six four three twenty seven forty seven.
1: Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround, digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone, or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference, or concert... You're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. That's SurroundMSP.com, connecting you with new customers.
8: Use my body
9: to keep you
2: alive. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Is me, Brad Carlson, with another segment on the broadcast we like to call the closer. My blog is BradCarlson.org. And here to take your phone call, 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag darn show, hashtag NARN show, for any comments or questions. Or if you have my uh, cell phone number, like Senator Dave Osmek does, you can send me a text message and send me clarifications. Appreciate Senator Osmek weighing in. Uh, Stu Laurie, who is the son of Tony Laurie and grandson of Senator Becky Laurie, he's a third generation Laurie. He is the DFL candidate in Senate District 11, which is obviously vacated now that his father. Has moved on to a uh, position in the Waltz administration. So appreciate uh, Senator Ozmaek as always for his uh, contributions to the broadcast. Uh, always enjoy him uh, calling into Mitch's show and occasionally calls into my bro- uh, program as well. So we uh, appreciate that. Hey, how about some? How about some good news? How about some good news from this past week? Uh, I'll be honest. If you've been following the story of thirteen-year-old Jamie Kloss, uh, I gotta. I gotta be honest. I was getting to the point after she had gone missing for a few months, that basically any search for her was essentially a recovery. I wasn't very optimistic they'd be able to find her alive, particularly because uh, her parents had been found killed. Now, if you remember the story, uh, her parents, who lived in Barron, Wisconsin, which is in a kind of, um, I guess you could say, west-central Wisconsin. I, my, I have relatives that live in Shell Lake, so I'll occasionally pass by there when uh, going up to their place. Uh, I'll read the story from the New York Post. 13-year-old Jamie Kloss survived three months being held captive by the man who allegedly murdered her parents. Then she put him behind bars. Authorities had been scrambling to find the teen since October 15th when they found her parents, James James and Denise Kloss, shot to death in their home along Highway 8 in the tiny Wisconsin town of Barron. The murders rocked the close-knit community of just over 3,300 people and sparked a months-long manhunt for Jamie, her captor, and her parents' killer, but officials were at a loss for answers. On Thursday, they got their big break in the case from Jamie herself. The girl had escaped her abductor while he was out of the remote cabin where she had been held captive 65 miles from her home. Now, just just think about that a little bit. Thirteen years old, living in a tiny town, Sixty-five miles from home—that's that's a haul, okay? I, you know, again, I don't not familiar with their family dynamics. If they traveled a whole heck of a lot, doesn't sound like they did. Kind of sound like they were, you know, part of this small town, close knit community. Didn't really go a whole lot of places. But for a thirteen-year-old living in that kind of environment, sixty-five miles from home, yeah, that's a long ways. Uh, anyways, fleeing onto the street, Jamie flagged down a woman walking her dog. That woman alerted two local residents, and nine-one-one was called. Gaunt, dirty, with matted hair and shoes that were too big, Jamie provided police with a description of a car, which led them to pull over and arrest 21-year-old Jake Thomas Patterson, the man they say is responsible for her disappearance and her parents' death. Jamie is the hero in this case. There is no question about it, Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald told Reporters Friday. She is the one that helped us break the case. Patterson was preliminary charged with two counts of first-degree intentional homicide and one count of kidnapping as authorities began working to piece together the last three months of Jamie's life. Already they have concluded that the teen was his intended target and that the suspect spent time planning to cover up the abduction. The suspect had intentions to kidnap Jamie and went to great lengths to prepare to take her, uh, Fitzgerald said. Uh, Amazing story, amazing story, and I can't tell you, I can't begin to fathom how overjoyed uh, her family must be to have her back. Uh, She has obviously, uh, she's staying with an aunt and uncle right now and was reunited with her uh, little dog. And, uh, you know, for a 13-year-old who, you know, again, we'll find out more of the details, but we've, we've heard of stories like this before where someone, a young girl, was kidnapped and basically was brainwashed by her captors into basically saying, brainwashed, and telling them, you know, if you stray too far, uh, you're going to suffer even further atrocities. It's not going to turn out well for you. Well, you know, again, I don't know what goes through a mindset of a 13-year-old young girl like this. I mean, she may be mature behind her years. Don't know. But for her to have the presence of mind to be able to Get loose, and again, we'll learn more details as time goes on. How she got loose, and whatever else, and how she was being held captive. But for her to break free and to have the presence of mind to just say, "You know, I'm Jamie Kloss. This person murdered my parents." Da, da da da, and to be taken by this neighbor to a home. And by the way, you know where this neighbor took her. This neighbor took her to another home where she knew for a fact this home had guns to protect her in case the kidnapper came looking for her. Because guess what? If you're in a rural town like Gordon, Wisconsin, which has, I think, a population of a few hundred people, you call 911, the authorities probably aren't going to get there for a good 20 to 30 minutes because it is a remote location. So guess what? It probably behooves you to go to some place where there are law-abiding gun owners. Huh, imagine that. And if the DFL legislature gets their way, uh, people like that won't be able to fire. <laughs> Excuse me, I digress. So she gets loose, meets up with this neighbor. They go and and are in this house, and and she's found alive. And uh, when I I saw browsing social media, saw that she was found alive, I was just, I was absolutely stunned because, again, it was going on almost three months, I think 88 days to be exact. So basically three months, and she wasn't found. I said, I'm sorry. This is is a recovery at this point. And any time I got pinged on my phone over the past three months because, you know, I I follow certain local TV stations, and whenever they post a Facebook live, you get a notification on your phone. And I, whenever I get a fo- notification that hey, such and such going to update on Jamie Kloss, my heart would always sink because I'm thinking, oh, okay, is this going to be the time where they say they've recovered her? You know, they found her dead. Because, yeah, I mean, what 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 else are we supposed to think? I mean, she is nowhere to be found. There's no trace of her and her parents have been murdered, you know, what What are we supposed to think? And, then, of course, there were other theories where she was basically brainwashed by her captor in helping kill her parents, all right? Now, thankfully, that wasn't true, and thankfully, she wasn't involved in that at all, but your mind, your mind has a tendency to run wild. And my wife and I were talking about this recently. You remember uh, Elizabeth Smart, like, what was that, about 15 years ago or so, where she was captured by this transient uh, couple, And brainwashed. And basically, they were walking out in the public. But she was brainwashed into saying, don't reveal who you are, don't say who you are, da da, da, because they convinced her that, you know, she or especially her family would be irreparably harmed if she did. So I, you know, I think about what I was like at 13 years old, and I grew up in the city of St. Paul. And this idea that, a 13-year-old could have the wherewithal to kind of convey what's going on in her situation. Uh, God bless her. That just—what what a, what a, um, an incredibly heartwarming story. Uh, I'll read a little bit more from this New York Post uh, uh, update. Uh, hours before they were gunned down, Jamie and her mother had been attending a family birthday party for the teen's cousin, her grandfather had said. Uh, but Jamie's father, James, had to skip out because of work, but his wife, Denise, brought a little gift for everybody at the get-together. The Colossus' death paralyzed the residents of Barron, a town no bigger than three square miles. This is someone killing someone else, and it is right next door, neighbor Joan Smrecker said in the days after the slayings. Smrecker and her husband, Tom, awoke around 12.30 a.m. on October 15th to the crack of gunshots. Those two shots were so loud, Tom recalled. A 911 call came in just before 1 a.m. from Denise's cell phone, but the caller never got a chance to engage with the dispatcher who could only hear a lot of yelling before the line went dead. No gun was ever recovered, and the police refused to release details of the parents' death pending their autopsies. Police believe Jamie was at home the time of the murders, and they immediately ruled her out as a suspect. She wasn't a runaway, they said. She was in danger. So they they talked about how this the uh, alleged killer because you know he's in jail he's only alleged to have to have killed the parents how he went through steps to avoid being traced including shaving his head so as not to leave hair evidence behind I mean twenty one years old and to perpetrate this kind of horrific crime to kidnap this girl and again it, more is going to come out but how did he come across this girl how did he come to know her to where he focused on kidnapping her. Again, I, I hope those details come out, or I'm sure they will come out, but uh, uh, just an awful, awful situation, just downright creepy situation altogether, which thankfully has an happy ending. Now Jamie can go about rebuilding her life. That's the thing we seem to forget. She still has to mourn her two parents. And now that she's free and in the arms of loving relatives, she is uh, free to do that. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It's me, Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back
4: with another segment on the broadcast. Going no more. Through the dome. Go to relieffactor.com.
5: Do you have a pressure washer in your shop? Have you
2: been keeping up on the maintenance? Looking for scale buildup in the coil? Lubricating the unloader valve? Changing the pump oil? Things need to be done to keep your machine running at peak performance. Let American Pressure take the worry of pressure washer maintenance off your plate. Call us today to line up a preventative maintenance schedule. 763-521-4442.
8: Child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It helps boost student engagement and achievement across all academic subjects, and helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music has always been a huge part of my life. When I started taking clarinet lessons in sixth grade band, a whole world was open to me. I learned how to read music and play multiple instruments. From there, I sang in choir and learned about melodies and harmonies and chords, and how to string them together to make this beautiful thing called music. The music education that I received as a student set me up for success as an adult, not just in my career, but in my life. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it's never silenced. Learn how you can help support music education at itstartswithme.org.
2: The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up to the minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Well, that music can only mean one thing. It means we are going to talk a little hoops this particular segment right here. I am 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. And whenever it comes to hoops talk, we uh, talk to longtime friend of the broadcast and basketball wonk Mike McCullough. Mike was an assistant coach in the NBA and the CBA and a head coach of Basketball Europe and former uh, Fox Sports North analyst for the Timberwolves coverage. Obviously, a lot of news coming from the Timberwolves this past week. The firing of head coach and president of basketball operations, Tom Thibodeau, replaced, at least on an interim basis, by Ryan Saunders. Uh, son, of course, of former uh, Timberwolves coach, the late, great Flip Saunders. And here to break it all down and talk about where the Wolves are going forward is our friend uh, Mike McCullough. Mike, always good to have you on the broadcast. How are you today, sir?
10: I'm fine. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, Mike, I guess we'll first start off. It was a week ago the uh, Timberwolves had a routine dismantling of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, of course, less LeBron James. It was a nice victory. Uh, Tom Thibodeau had his obligatory uh, postgame press conference. He even kind of cracked a smile or two, which we don't normally see from Tibbs. And all of a sudden, an hour later, we see that uh, Tom Thibodeau was fired. I guess uh, first question I have for you, Mike McCullough, what do you make of the timing of this uh, particular move, uh, Giving it is uh, still midseason yet?
10: Well, it's certain that uh, they had made this decision a while ago, and I think they had just sort of a, a line of demarcation that they were going to, unless things were dramatically different, I don't think it had anything to do with the win or not the win or the size of the win or or anything that happened that day. I think this was the sure. decision that had been made a while ago, and it was just time uh, to, to sort of officially execute it at that time.
2: I guess uh, given Tom Thibodeau's track record, and we saw that he took over the Uh, Chicago Bulls about eh, maybe a little less than a decade ago and literally transformed that team into a contender. I mean, they even went to the Western conference finals one year. Derek Rose, of course was an MVP under Thibodeau's regime. had a couple of 60 win seasons, seemed to turn the Bulls franchise around and then uh, surprisingly was dumped after a few years. And many people cited kind of some internal confrontations, took a year off, came back and coached the Wolves. Um, I don't know, Mike, uh, a lot of people were trying to convince us that Thibodeau had turned over a new leaf, but he seemed to kind of be the same old uh, uh, crotchety guy that got let go from the bulls.
10: Yeah. I mean, I think when you hire somebody like Tom Thibodeau, I think you, if you know what you're doing, you expect a certain amount of things and you hope for a certain amount of things. And I think they got what the analysts and the experts in the world thought they would get with Tib, and they didn't get the things they were hoping they would get with him. He, he doesn't adapt. He doesn't change. Sometimes our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses, and, 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 and Tom certainly is a experienced basketball guy. But the game has changed. He hasn't changed a lot. Um, the kids have changed. The age of players have changed. Um, the generations have changed, and Tom really probably didn't uh, adjust to that like we see happening in, in pro football and pro basketball and this youth movement and all these things that are happening. And so um, – I think Tom makes a lot more sense um, in an environment where you've got a championship team that's a step away from, from a, 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 a contender position instead of a, a youth organization that's in transition and still has a long way to go. So the fit was always a little bit curious. Um, the game has changed a little bit, and Tom hasn't. And uh, I think all those things came, came to, uh, to be proven at the end.
2: Did you ever get to know him personally, Mike McCullough, in some of the circles you were, you were in? Not really. I mean, I uh, was an
10: assistant with an assistant in Toronto who has known him forever, of course. Eric Musselman and I have known each oh, other sure. forever, and, mm-hmm. and, and of course, Tom was Bill's assistant, but just never really ran in the same
2: circles. I guess this has to be somewhat uh, surreal for you, Mike McCullough, a young man who you've known literally since the day he is born, is now the head coach of an NBA team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, uh, Ryan Saunders. Um, uh, do you still have the birth announcement when he was born, Mike McCullough? <laughs> you, 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 of know, course, I being heard- close friends with his family. <laughs> Yeah, I mean every day I wake up
10: I feel old, but I really feel old when a guy who I used to babysit and change his diapers is now a head coach. Unbelievable. So so yeah, it's it's an amazing thing and uh and Brian certainly is uh, is at the youngest end of the spectrum of NBA coaches so it's uh partly that I am in fact old and, and amazing that somebody that young has been given this opportunity
2: now what is it uh, obviously he's going to get a dress rehearsal here there's half the season left I, I imagine he's going to get every opportunity to uh, have the interim tag removed and maybe uh he may be made the full-time coach uh from a public relations standpoint, though, uh, this would certainly be a move that would make the most sense. Uh, do you think that the way Glenn Taylor runs things, that he's more uh, concerned about the PR over over a lot of other things, Mike McCullough?
10: I think PR is always a component of uh, of any business you run, and you want to win those battles of, uh, of the court of public opinions, and uh, especially a franchise that just hasn't had the success on the floor that you'd like to have. You know, you've got to certainly make sure you're doing everything you can on the business and, and PR side of things to, to try to uh, make the most of your business. So I think that's to Ryan's advantage. Um, obviously, the close relationship that Flip and the organization had, and, uh, you know, Ryan's coming in at a perfect time, replacing a guy who's sort of the anti-him, and, and the fans right. certainly, certainly welcome a, uh, a more positive vibe and energy. So, so he's got all those things working for him. And uh, I think you know he'll have he'll have a great great chance to to um, get a little half season uh, audition and and see what he can do.
2: Now, obviously, uh, in addition to being head coach, uh, Tibbs was also the president of basketball uh, operations. In today's NBA, Mike McCullough, is it is it even possible for for one individual to take on both roles and be successful in it? It just doesn't seem like it. it, it it's as, uh, oh, it's, it's never been easy, but it certainly doesn't seem like as as efficient arrangement as say it used to be back in the day of say a guy like Pat Riley who used to do both. Well,
10: it's definitely a different world. You know, the more money, the more that uh, that uh, competition breeds uh, innovation. The more difficult it is for one person to do that job. But with that being said, you know the right person can do the job. The wrong person can't do the job, and it doesn't matter. You know what way you want to divide up a situation. We always go from one end of the spectrum to the other in this world and you know for a while the hot thing is, you know, a, a guy getting uh control of both uh the president of basketball operations and the head coaching. And there there there's a reason why that theory makes sense in theory. Sure. You want those people to be on the same page. You never want an organization where the front office is thinking the exact opposite of the head coach. That's never a good situation. You have to have some working together, but you do need some checks and balances as well. So I think, you know, if you get the right people, it can work. If you get the wrong people, it won't work, and it doesn't matter which way you do it. And I think if you look at what San Antonio has done, San Antonio has done so many things right in so many different areas, but the relationship that they have set up with Pop being the president of basketball operations and the head coach. Mm. But everybody, everybody clearly knows that R.C. Buford, as the, as the GM, is the one doing all the heavy lifting on the personnel side of things. They work very, very well together, and they're on the same page. And uh, that's the kind of model that makes a lot of sense. If you have a, a guy come in and have complete uh, unilateral control and he doesn't put the time in on the uh, PR side – and he's short-sighted in what he wants to do, then that's not a great situation. I think that's the situation that the Timberwolves had for a while.
2: In this, their uh, 30th season in existence, obviously the Timberwolves more than anything have been known for kind of the perpetual dysfunction that they seem to run into. I mean, we could uh, spend an entire hour talking about all of the incidents that have taken place over the uh, these past few decades, but the one that really bothers me, and I'm sure bothers a, a lot of fans, is how – At least right now, there seems to be a rift between the organization, and you could argue it's its most identifiable player in Kevin Garnett. Uh, With this move now being made, Ryan Saunders coming back into the fold, obviously someone who knows Kevin Garnett well. uh, uh, Do you see that rift being repaired sooner than later, Mike McCullough?
10: I think Ryan would have to play a huge, huge role in that. I think it's still um, got a long way to go, but anybody who was around for the for that first home game two nights ago to saw the kg tape message and so you know kg I think has been very loyal to flip and the family and uh, and that component of it is is a good relationship still but I think uh, the relationship with with ownership and kg is still pretty fractured and um, you know I think the way that that Sam was treated and handled on the way out um, does not fit well with Kevin and, and will continue to not sit well but uh, I'm sure that's on Ryan's you know checklist of a million things to do is to to try to improve that situation.
2: I, I mean, it's just one of the more surreal things I've ever seen is here, you know, uh, Kevin Garnett, it, you know, is there, he's kind of at odds with the organization. And yet as part of their 30th anniversary uh, festivities, you have former players like J.R. Ryder and Christian Leitner coming back and waving to the crowd. I just, it just very surreal, Mike McCullough. I don't know how to exp- else to explain it.
10: <laughs> well, I think, I think that's a feeling that a lot of people have. And I think when you have a great organization, whether it's a, College program or professional program, you know you have family and you have history and you have all your your former stars back around the organization and in the front office and and uh, having various uh, roles and capacities and, and, and checking in. And I think when things haven't been run as properly as, as some of the ex players would have liked them to have been run, then I don't think you have that here. And so mm-hmm. that's definitely something. That's definitely something that could be improved.
2: And uh, obviously, talking a little bit uh, on the court, you know, obviously Ryan Saunders—he's only been three games in, has uh, won two of his first three. Uh, as far, obviously, the styles uh, how he differs from Tibbs sort of uh, speak for themselves. But uh, one of the uh, concerns that people have is when Andrew Wiggins signed his long-term extension, and it some people say that he's all—he really doesn't even like basketball, it's just basically cashing a paycheck but I will say the first few games that we've seen under interim coach Ryan Saunders um is there something potentially that Ryan could unlock in in, in Andrew Wiggins because uh given the money that he's being paid and his undeniable talent something that I think could uh, definitely still be an asset here well
10: that's we live in a world that that's not the million dollar question that's the 140 million dollar
2: indeed question. yes <laughs> and
10: uh, and uh, any anybody who can or can't do that is, is going to be or not be the head coach of the Timberwolves because that is the that is the foremost situation at the front of everybody's minds with the Timberwolves and with the NBA is, you know, what can you get out of Wiggins? Because there's nobody that's trading for Andrew Wiggins I right know. now until that contract runs out. So um, whoever's coaching that team, whoever's running that team, trying to get what you can get out of Andrew Wiggins is, is first and foremost on the priority. Pat. Cat is Cat, and he's, he's awfully solid. He has areas where he can still grow, but, but he is, without a doubt, he's been number one, even though Wiggs is the max player. But just from a contract standpoint and a handcuff of, uh, of a salary uh, portion, you have to figure out how to get more consistent play out of Andrew Wiggins or you'll never, you'll never be what you want to be.
2: Once again, we've been joined by a basketball walk and friend of the broadcast, uh, Mike McCullough, uh, sharing all things Timberwolves, interim coach Ryan Saunders. Uh, definitely a, a, a very intriguing season this second half, whereas it uh, seemed like there was a lot of apathy the first half. So it's at least moving in the right direction. Uh, Mike, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks. M 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot.
0: Americans for Prosperity is getting past the headlines and diving into the details on the policies that affect you. There's a lot of work to be done to make our state a better place to live, work, and raise a family. Americans for Prosperity is committed to providing you with a full story on policies that help improve people's lives. Tune in to Americans for Prosperity Radio every Saturday at 4 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot to learn how you can help remove barriers
5: to opportunity for all Minnesotans. Does your church, school, or small business know what to do in the event of an emergency? Do you know how to handle threats to your building and property? Are you set up to stop cybersecurity threats and data breaches? Do you have an emergency action plan in place?
8: If you answer no to any of these questions, join us Thursday, January 31st at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins for Prepare and Respond. This free event is geared towards pastors, church security team members, school administrators, and small businesses. Prepare and Respond hosts industry experts who will teach you how to put a scalable action plan in place to keep your congregation, faculty, students, colleagues, and businesses safe. Join us on Thursday, January 31st from 8 a.m. to noon at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins. A complimentary breakfast will be served to the first 100 people to register. To learn more about this free event and register, go to am1280thepatriot.com.
5: Prepare and Respond is supported by
9: Henningsen and Snoxell.
4: Visit Chet Shoes this season for warm winter boots.
8: Our Chet store in Columbia Heights features New Balance snow boots for men and women.
4: Come in to try on the sole of a sneaker paired with the heart of a boot.
8: Now's the time for insulated work boots.
4: Check out our Red Wing stores and our Chet store for safety and non-safety toe options to keep you warm, dry, and supported this winter.
8: Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and our Red Wing stores in Circle Pines, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud.
4: If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Welcome back, to 12, Eddie, the Patriot.
2: Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for all of for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. Now we got about uh, seven and a half minutes to go. On the broadcast again, appreciate our friend and uh, basketball wonk uh, Mike McCullough. I, I definitely want to get Mike's perspective because Mike is a uh, uh, was a longtime friend of Flip Saunders. Uh, in fact, uh, his friend and Sports Illustrated writer Steve Rushin wrote about how uh, Mike and, and and Steve first got to meet Flip Saunders. It was 1978, I think it was. It was just after Flip left the University of Minnesota after finishing his four years as a college basketball player, and he was coaching like Golden Valley Community College, and Mike and Steve had heard a rumor that uh, Flip had bought uh, or had moved into a house in Bloomington where they lived, and they would make a bunch of noise in front of this house and, you know, pound the basketball around, try to, you know, smoke him out, so to speak. And Flip eventually came out and um, invited the two to shoot hoops in the backyard, and that began a that began a literally a decades long friendship until flip passed away in uh, at the end of 2015 so i was interested to get mike's perspective because of course mike has known flip since flip was like 23 24 years old and now Flip has a son coaching an NBA team. I mean, it's just unbelievably surreal. I can't imagine what that's like for Mike. Well, like you said, he he feels pretty old. And Mike's only a couple, three years older than me. So. <laughs> so I'm at that point in my sports fandom now, whereas when I was first paying attention to sports, players were old enough to be my dad. Now many of them are young enough to be my kids. I mean, that's how long I've been watching sports. So it is uh, kind of surreal to kind of get in that medium, I guess you could say. But. Uh, I did want to kind of stick with the uh, sports theme a little bit. I did have an opportunity to watch this past Thursday evening the 10 p.m. news report on Channel 4. They took the entire news broadcast, dedicating it to sportscaster Mark Rosen, who, after 50 years, retired from WCCO-TV. Yes, he started as an intern, high school intern, in 1969 and just wrapped up 50 years with WCCO, now retiring. He's still going to do sports radio on that sports radio station that we don't mention. Uh, not that they're a competitor with us or anything, but, yeah, I just don't. I'm not in the habit of mentioning other radio stations, really. Uh, but he's going to be gone from TV. And to be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot of local TV news in in a long time because I get most of my news just browsing the Internet. You know, you get a pretty good distilled version of Basically, these news um, stations, websites, I'll occasionally, you know, pick up a newspaper. You know, I still read some periodicals, but a lot of my news, I, I essentially get online. So I, I just don't watch a lot of TV news and, it, and it's scan, by the way, just as an aside, it scandalizes my mother. She's like, oh, oh, oh how, how do you know what the weather is going to be like? Cause my mom's obsessed with the weather. She's like, how do you know what the weather is going to be like? Um, I've got an app on my phone, which kind of shows the five day forecast you know, I mean, I just go to work every day. I mean, I'll, I'll check the weather the night before. I say, do I have to get up an hour early if it snows? Okay, cool. I mean, they're, they're you know, I don't, I don't need to obsess over the weather. I don't know if that's uh you know, I love my mother, but is that a, is that a obligatory senior citizen thing where they all watch like five weather forecasts? Because my mom has adapted quite nicely. Anyways, I digress. I've been a fan of Mark Rosen's for 40 years. I mean, my mom, that was her new station of choice, Channel 4 WCCO, and I I always could tell the way Mark delivered the sports. He he did it in a professional, journalistic manner, but he also did so from the standpoint of a fan. And he always had a nice balance where you could tell he was enthusiastic about the teams he was talking about, and he had a heart for these teams he was talking about, the local teams. But he didn't stray from telling you what actually happened. And guess what? He didn't sugarcoat things either. He could be critical, and a lot of these athletes that paid tribute to Mark, I mean, go down the list – Current athletes, former athletes like Joe Maurer, Kent Herbeck, Zach Parisi, Tyus Jones, uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, they all paid homage to Mark Rosen on what a great journalist he was. And guess what? He may have been critical of them, but he did it in a way where it's like, hey, it's nothing personal. I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not going to be critical for the sake of being critical or for the sake of getting personal because I don't like a guy. And where I really got to see Mark Rosen or hear Mark Rosen unchanged was I listened to the KQ Morning Show when he first came on to do the sports. KQ Morning Show, as it is in its current, well, with Tom Bernard heading it up, started in like 1986, and Mark Rosen came on shortly thereafter and was doing sports updates. And that's where you really heard what a fun guy he was, what a hang-loose guy he was, and just an all-around great guy, nice guy. I've met Mark Rosen on a number of occasions, just nothing more than saying hello whether it was at a Twins game, you know, he would be down in the field doing his newscast, and and during a break, I'd yell through this uh, down to the, hey, Mark, how are you? And he'd always wave and say hello, and I would talk to him about what he talked about on the KQ Morning Show that morning. And, you know, he was always very engaging, and that's who he was. He was a Twin Twin Cities guy through and through, and 50 years in one market. I would dare say that there's no other sportscaster in the – Entire United States that has had a 50-year run at one TV station. I, I'm sure that hasn't happened. If it is, it, you can count them on one hand and probably still have a few fingers left over. So uh, I am I would say I'm going to miss seeing him on TV, but I haven't watched the news in over a decade. So I can't say I'm going to miss him because he's still going to be around. And he's even said he's still going to be at the state fair doing work for that other, for that sports station. He'll still be on the air doing work for them, and he'll inevitably be out at the state fair. But the thing that struck me most about Mark Rosen was his utter humility. The whole newscast was dedicated to talking about Mark Rosen and his career and all the amazing sports events he's seen firsthand, whether it was Super Bowls, Final Fours, World Series. He was live in Lake Placid, New York, when the U.S. hockey team upset the Russians. I remember watching that sportscast. He called in via telephone, just excited, saying, I don't believe what I've witnessed. The U.S. hockey teams upset the Russians. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. You know, I remember that. I remember it. And despite all that he's experienced, you know what he did at the end? He kind of gave a three-minute monologue at the end, kind of extending his thanks. He turned the spotlight on everybody else, his wife, his kids, his colleagues, the viewers, fans, whatever. He almost seemed uncomfortable with all the accolades. That's what struck me most about Mark Rosen is his humility. He's a huge deal. He probably never has to pay for a meal. He could probably get into any restaurant or anything in the Twin Cities. And yet, he I did obviously don't know him personally, but he still seems the same down-to-earth guy that people who have known him since he was a 20-something uh, describe him as. So... Congratulations to Mark Rosen. Not that he listens to this show, I think he's left to center politically anyway, so he probably wouldn't listen any while. But uh, if anybody with an earshot is hearing this, pass on my congratulations to Mark. I've enjoyed his work. Will continue to enjoy his work if I ever turn into that tune into that other sports station. Which now, ah, let's face it, I probably won't. But nevertheless, um, I've always uh, enjoyed what he has done for Twin City sports. So. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Good to be with you as always. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed
4: week. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over everybody.
6: Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that furthered your career and gave you access to world-renowned faculty leaders and mentors, all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? To find out more, text GRANT. To 79645. That's GRANT to 79645. Start your online MBA, Information Management, or Business Analytics Master's program from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the W.P. Carey Business Graduate Programs online. Text Grant to 79645. That's GRANT to
3: Mauer Chevrolet presents the 49th annual Minnesota Sportsman Show, January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center. Here's what you'll see at the show. Get early boat show pricing on the most sought-after fishing boats, pontoons, runabouts, personal watercraft, and docks and lifts. Get early RV show pricing on RVs, campers, trailers, and more. Reserve the best vacation dates now with hundreds of hunting and fishing resorts so you can plan your vacation right at the show. See the latest in outdoor electronics from the experts at Reed's, custom fishing rods, reels, and discount tackle. Check out Steve Porter's live white-tailed deer display, including Heart Attack, a 32-point monster buck. Enjoy great family fun, including the Great Lakes Timber Show, Ron Shera's kids' fishing clinics, and live wolves, cougars, and other wildlife. Take in fishing seminars with experts Ted Takasaki and Tom Henry. For $2 discount coupons and show info, visit Show.com. Bring the whole family to the Sportsman Show, January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center, a Sonenko production.
6: America, the Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is. Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said, This is going to be someone very special.
9: America's non political and totally educational. AM
3: 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298 CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky's Station